Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Jesus 911, Soul Patrol, two man car, husband and wife team, Jess and Nina. And uh, Tobias and Sarah. That's right. <laughs> I just want to just share a little prayer here. It's very beautiful from the Magnificat. It says, Alleluia, sing to Jesus. His, his the scepter, his the throne. Alleluia, his the triumph. His the victory alone. Hark the sounds of peaceful Zion. Thunder like a mighty, like a mighty flood. Jesus out of every nation has redeemed us by his, his blood. blood. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. Good to be back with you today. Yep. Uh, after a week. <laughs> That's right. Anita, in the month of April, something very, it's very important for us as Catholics. If you want to just let the audience know what the month of April is all about. Yeah. So the month of April is the month of the most holy Eucharist. And um, this month, you might want to make a commitment to go to Mass a little more than usual on Sunday. If you can go during the week, that'd be great. There's always Masses in the morning and the evening. And and uh, you could spend some, or you could spend some extra time in the blessed sacrament and if you can't get to holy mass uh do a spiritual communion prayer every day That's right. uh, there Jesse has it in his book it, and uh and you could just send or you can send your guardian angel for you to do it as well yeah there's uh, a prayer for that right there's a prayer for it and um for those uh, that just Maybe you can go and adore our Lord in the in the tabernacles. If you don't have exposition, 24-hour adoration chapel, at least you can go and our Lord is still in the taber- tabernacle waiting for you. Absolutely. Waiting. He's a, a prisoner of our love. So uh, that's something that you want might want to do this oh, month. Let's, uh, we want to talk about what the, ch- the church teaches about. the. There's a fascinating section in the catechism called the Battle of Prayer. Yeah. Very rich section. Right. It is. It's beautiful. But before we get to that section, we have a, a praise report. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pra- an, an Easter miracle praise report. It was um, a, a person that came to one of uh, Jesse's talks uh, in the local parish. She, she's, this is what she says. Several weeks ago, my husband and I attended your Lenten talks at a local parish. After your talks, I went to confession. It was over a year since she's been to confession, she said, because I wanted my prayers to be the most effective, and I loved your examination of conscience. Jesse has a page in his book, and Lord prepare my hands for battle, examination of conscience, and that was one of the topics he was speaking on. So she says, she continues, my Catholic faith was deepened after attending your mission. I have been praying for my daughter-in-law for years. We had an Easter miracle. After sunrise mass on Easter, I showed my daughter-in-law, her daughter, who was a Seventh-day Adventist, your examination of conscience in your book, Lord, Prepare My Hands for Battle. And it started hours of conversation about Catholicism. So she had many questions. Five days later, she told us, she told her and her husband, that her daughter-in-law told them she has decided to become a Catholic. And she thanked, she says, she continues, thank you for your faithfulness and for being part of an Easter miracle. Praise wow. the Lord. Those Hallelujah. Are the, I think we get more, uh, more blessings out of hearing those uh, stories such as though, uh, 
these that people that attend uh, the conferences, they really um, they it really you know it, it's conversion of heart and of mind. See, she hadn't been to confession in a year. She decided to go and look what happened. Yeah, all I did was give a simple talk on the examination of conscience and how to pursue a life of holiness. Basic Catholicism is all we need to preach to the people, and that's yeah. and that's what people need. They're hunger for. We got to just go back to basics. Nothing's. You don't need a PhD or a master's degree to be a Catholic. All you need to right. be is have the faith of a child and be able and, to share your and, faith. And be under, be yeah. able to read at a fourth grade mm-hmm. level, really. Yeah, and this and this uh, mother-in-law was able to share her faith enough to give the, this uh, non non-Catholic all the answers she needed to, to say. I'm convinced. I'm in. That, that's beautiful. Yeah, because I'm sure in the Seventh-day Adventist tradition, they don't have something called the examination of conscience. No, I'm sure they don't. And you just do like, okay, do the sinner's prayer. One saved, all we saved. Mm-hmm. Okay, wham, bam, you're going to heaven mm-hmm. now forever. Yeah. And so she probably said, what? Examination of conscience? Wow, mm-hmm. this is deep. Well, yeah. St. Paul says that, that we have to examine our conscience in yeah. 1 Corinthians 11. And in the book of Lamentations, it also says, uh, examine your conscience. So she probably yeah. said, wow, we don't do that in our tradition. Yeah, and uh, I like the fact that she had a relationship with her mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law. So that that's what it takes also. When we have a relationship with people, we it's easier for us to share. So, um, Yep, just, there you go. Hey, let's start off with the St. Michael prayer since this yes, is a spiritual absolutely. warfare shown. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Santi Michel Archangeli, defendenos in prelio, contra nequitium et insidious, diaboli esto presidium, imperit ili deus suplices et precamo tuque, benincept militia telestis, satanamo eosque, spiritus malignus, quiad predicioni manumano perogato in mundo, divina virtute, in inferno virtute, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You know, it's not easy to pray. The Catechism even has an entire section called the Battle of Prayer, 2725. Mm-hmm. Let's start looking at what Holy Mother Church says about the battle of yeah, prayer. Battle it's not of easy. Prayer. No, it's Prayer's not. not easy. Mm-mm. Okay, it says, prayer is both a gift of grace <clears throat> and a determined response on our part. So God gives us the grace to pray, but we have to cooperate. It always presupposes effort. Ah, there you go. Effort. Like the going will. to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> the, act the act of the, of the will. will. The great figures of prayer of the Old Covenant before Christ, as well as the Mother of God, the saints, and he himself, all teach us this. Prayer is a battle. The saints and he himself, the Lord, all teaches us. Prayer is a battle. Against whom? Against ourselves. Okay, mm-hmm. our laziness. That's called concupiscence. And against the wileys of the tempter. Ah, and see? The, the tempter. The devil tries to stop. Yep. Start distracting you when you start praying. Mm-hmm. The wileys of the tempter who does all he can to turn man away from prayer. Distraction. Mm-hmm. Away from union with God. Mm-hmm. We pray as we live. Because we live as we pray. Uh, that's an old uh, statement by uh, the, 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 the church fathers use that statement. If we do not want to act habitually according to the spirit of Christ, neither can we pray habitually in his name. The spiritual battle of the Christian's new life is inseparable from the battle of prayer. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 What are the objections to prayer? Okay, let's work. In 2726, it says, in the battle of prayer, we must face in ourselves and around us erroneous notions of prayer. Some people view prayer as a simple psychological activity, others as an effort of concentration to reach a mental void. Buddhism, Confucianism. Still others reduce prayer to ritual words and postures. Many Christians unconsciously regard prayer as an occupation that is incompatible with all the other things they 
have to do. They don't have time. How many of you heard that? I don't have time. I don't have time. Those who seek God by prayer are quickly discouraged because they do not know that prayer comes also from the Holy Spirit and not from themselves alone. They want to feel something. Yeah. You know, I want some all about feeling. How can I can't feel it? Why should I pray? I can't feel it. Right. I'm not getting my answers. Yeah, and 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 by the way, uh, the the very popular exorcist, Father Cliff Ermatinger, uh, he says it's very mm. dangerous to to be seeking spiritual consolation during prayer. Right. Because who can give you spiritual consolation? A demon can. Paragraph twenty-seven, twenty-seven. We're reading objections to prayer. We must also face the fact that certain attitudes deriving from the mentality of this present world can penetrate our lives if we're not vigilant for example some would have it that only that some would have it that only that is true which can be verified by reason and science that's called extreme rationalism yet prayer is a mystery that overflows both our conscience and unconscious lives others overly price production and profit like what's in it for me i want some there's got to be something in it for me. Thus, prayer being unproductive is useless to these people. Mm-hmm. Still others exalt sensuality and comfort mm-hmm. as the criteria of the true, the good, and the beautiful. Again, these are the people worldly that, things. Yeah, and, they, and they're just the people, world. it's got to make me feel good or I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. Right. i, I got to have spiritual consolation or I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it. It's got to feel good. And that's not what prayer is. Look at Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. Think that felt good? It says... Whereas prayer, the love of beauty, philokalia, is caught up in the glory of the living and true God. Finally, some see prayer as a flight from the world and a reaction against activism. Okay? That's called, by the way, the heresy of quietism, that sentence. Quietism says, I'm going to check out a, the world completely. Just go to a cave and hide and not, not relate to the world, not deal with the world and just pray. That's called the heresy of quietism. Mm-hmm. It says, but in fact, Christian prayer is neither an escape from reality nor a divorce from life. In other words, that's why the Benedictines say, pray and labor, ora et labora. Mm-hmm. Heck, you can pray while you're washing the dishes. You can yeah, pray, pray while you're changing a diaper. While you're working out. You ora the et labora. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, paragraph 2728 says, finally, our battle has to confront what we experience as failure in prayer, discouragement during periods of dryness, sadness that, because we have great possessions, we have not given all to the Lord. Disappointment over not being heard according to our own will. Wounded pride, stiffened by the dignity that is ours as sinners. Our resistance to the idea that prayer is a free and unmerited gift, and so forth. The conclusion is always the same. What good does it do to pray? To overcome these ob- obstacles, we must battle to gain humility trust and perseverance and it's the devil that wants to tell you Absolutely. you're wasting your time you're wasting your time There's, and he and he mm-hmm. plays in your pride and you say yeah you're right it is a waste of time right. to pray you need it right humility Absolutely. humility and trust in god and perseverance fight through it mother mary pray for us here she is She's in our midst
We're uh, back. We're back. This Tobias is, and Sarah. <laughs> Jess and Anita. This is Spiritual Warfare on Fridays yes. from the Sacrament of Marriage point of view. We're talking about the Battle of Prayer. Fascinating section in the Catechism. Yeah, For those that have your Catechism, aren't you open it up and follow along yeah, with follow us? Yeah, follow along with us. We're on uh, paragraph 27, 28. Right? Yep, because yeah. uh, prayer is our weapon. It's our weapon, so we want to know how... Uh, how we get distracted in prayer, and the catechism has some some great a great section on it. My wife just read twenty seven twenty eight. Mm-hmm. The very end it says that to overcome these obstacles, we have to gain humility, trust, and persevere. You got to fight through it. You got to fight through it. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm getting distracted. Oh, I'm bored. Fight through it. Fight. That's that, that's what it means by persevere. Persevere. Mm-hmm. It says in twenty seven twenty nine about facing difficulties in prayer. It says here. The habitual difficulty in prayer is distraction. Mm-hmm. By the way, some of it yep. comes some of it comes from a demon, mm-hmm. some of it comes from our own fallen nature. Mm-hmm. It can affect words and their meaning in vocal prayer. It can concern more profoundly him to whom we are praying. In vocal prayer, meditation and contemplative prayer, to set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap. When all that is necessary is to turn back to our heart. For a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to, and this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for Him and lead us resolutely to offer Him our heart to be purified. Therein lies the battle, the choice of which master to serve. In other words, demons want to take you down a rabbit hole, chase the distraction. Where is it mm-hmm. coming from? Why is it that football images keep popping in or boxing images when I start praying? Mm-hmm. Okay, They want you to chase the distraction so you turn away from God. You're supposed to ignore the distraction and turn your heart towards the Lord. That's the way you fight against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you know, what I do is sometimes I'll just, even though I've said the the Hail Mary millions of times, I'll just read it, and and while I'm praying it, because that keeps me sometimes on track. Because you know we could say it mechanically. And Hail Mary, full of grace, and then start thinking of something else because we say it so much and it's memorized. So sometimes it's good just to get back and just have it in front of you and look at the words, words, and it keeps you focused. That's what I sometimes do when I see myself distracted. But anyways, we'll continue on to paragraph 2730. In positive terms, the battle against the possessive and dominating self requires vigilance, sobriety of heart. When Jesus insists on vigilance, he always relates it to himself, to his coming on the last day and every day. So we should be vigilant. That's what it's saying. Prayer every day like he's coming that day. Mm. The bridegroom comes in the middle of the night. See, when we least expect, Jesus can come. There's many people that didn't wake up today and didn't know that he was going to come during they, the night. And they saw him face to face. They saw him face to face. As soon as they Absolutely. dropped dead. Absolutely. The light that must be extinguished is that of faith. Quote, come, my heart says, seek his The light faith. that must not be extinguished. Yeah, that, yeah the light that must, must not, not be extinguished be, yeah. is that of faith. Come, my heart says, seek his face. The word vigilance, you, is a, it's a military word. It's, okay? Vigilance, it means alert. Yep. It's like combat ready. That's what yeah. it means. You got to be combat ready when you pray. And sober. You cannot do anything if you are not sober. No, the Catholic faith can be so lived. It, it can be lived intoxicated. Mm-mm. It's impossible. So, and that's that's one of the distractions of the of the evil one. Yeah, intoxication kills the seeds of any faith that may mm-hmm. that may start right. or may be cultivated. Twenty seven thirty one. 
Another difficulty, especially for those who sincerely want to pray, is dryness. Dryness belongs to contemplative prayer when the heart is separated from God with no taste for thoughts, memories, and feelings, even spiritual ones. This is a moment of sheer faith clinging faithfully to Jesus in his agony and in his tomb. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. If dryness is due to the lack of roots, uh, because the word has fallen on rocky soil, the battle requires conversion. Sometimes the dryness comes from, and this is a, another mm-hmm. topic in itself, yeah. it, it comes because of the dark night of the soul or the dark night of the senses. Mm-hmm. All of us go through that. Right. In my book, I have a chapter. I have a chapter on the dark night of the soul and the dark night. Lord, prepare my hands for battle, where I go through it in detail. And sometimes it's no fault of your own. This is just God is taking you through peaks and valleys in the Christian life. And he's basically mm-hmm. taking off the training wheels and yeah. saying, okay, you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. I don't need to hold you by the hand. You can do it. You get right. scared. You're saying, I don't feel you. I don't feel you. Uh, my right. prayer's dry. My prayer life is dry. Lord, where are you at? Okay, that's part of the that's part of the growth process where God holds taking our hands. Taking you to another let, level. Let's, let's, go, let's our hand mm-hmm. go. says, walk, walk, walk. Holds our mm-hmm. hands again. He lets, He's let our hands go. Walk, walk, walk. So this mm-hmm. is part of the dryness. Right. It's just taking you to another level in your spiritual walk and your spiritual journey. So then here we go to uh, 2733. Another 32, 32. 32. Uh, the most common yet most hidden temptation is our lack of faith. It expresses itself less by declared incredulity than our actual preferences. When we be- begin to pray, a thousand labors or cares thought to be urgent vie for priority. Once again, it is the moment of truth for the heart. What is its real love? Sometimes we turn to the Lord as a last resort. But we, but do we really believe he is? Sometimes we enlist the Lord as an ally, but our heart's, heart remains presumptuous. In each case, our lack of faith reveals that we do not yet share in the disposition of our own heart. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah, that temptation in prayers, the faith is weak. Mm. The faith is weak, and that's why people can't pray. They're saying, I just get distracted. I can't pray. Why? Jesus isn't the center of your life. And if you're just doing it just to get over it because your wife is nagging your husband, uh, again, once you come to the point where you say, Jesus is everything apart from him, I can do nothing, that's when prayer, that's when you could really uh, you know, enjoy what King David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, we don't, we don't pray to, to babble words, but we pray out of love. We love Jesus. I go to Mass because why? I love Jesus. I want to be with my lover. And that, and I want to be united to him. All we know on a on a on a, um, a human level, on a natural level, how we want to be with our loved one, and how we desire to unite ourselves with each other. So we should feel the same way about God. How I want to unite myself with the Lord, even more so, even yeah. more so, yeah. because He's um, He's everything. First. He's our everything. He's first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twenty-seven thirty-three. The Catechism. Another temptation to which presumption opens the gate is acedia. The, spirit, the spiritual writers understand by this a form of depression due to lax ascetical practice, decreasing vigilance, carelessness of heart. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Slothfulness. Yes, yeah. The greater the height, the harder the fall. Painful as discouragement is, it is the re- reverse of presumption. The humble 
are not surprised by their distress, it leads them to trust more to hold fast in constancy. So again, we battle slothfulness by humility, realizing, man, I'm weak, man. I, I'm having a hard time praying, Lord, I just need you. Yeah. Tap into humility and it'll fight slothfulness. And I think that's what we need to confess more often is sloth, slothfulness in prayer. Because all of us, you know, we, 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 we get sometimes every day we can, oh, I'm not going to pray that prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer. I'm not going to pray at all, you know. So that's, um, and that's something we can also Yeah, just also slothfulness in your spiritual life. In your life. spiritual life, Ab- yeah. absolutely. So here we go, uh, 2734. Filial trust is tested. It proves itself in tribulation. The principal difficulty concerns the prayer of petition for oneself or for others in intercession. Some even stop praying because they think their petition is not heard. Here, two questions should be asked. Why do we think our petition has not been heard? How is our prayer heard? How is it efficacious? Good. Those are some couple of questions that we talk about all the time in the show. Mm -hmm. Your prayer is efficacious when you're in a state of grace. Your prayer is always heard from God when it's done from a heart full of, you know, humble heart. And, uh, and and let just let God deal with your petition. Okay, God's God's not a genie in the bottle. Like oh, as soon as I pray, something's going to happen. We're just called to pray without ceasing, pray, pray constantly, and do it in a state of grace. That's that way your prayer is efficacious. And if you pray according to the will mm-hmm. of God, uh, in God's time, something's going to happen. And then and there's three. He he'll answer it in three ways. Yes, no, maybe. Yeah. Those are the three maybe ways. Maybe not yet. And maybe yeah. not yet. Yeah. You know. So those are the. Uh, ways he can answer your prayer and don't focus on it he hasn't answered my prayer just pray just pray that's your job yeah, and his business is to is to, is to do what he wants, he wants with your prayer whether he's going to answer it again yeah mm-hmm. yes i'm going to answer it mm-hmm. right away like like saint dismas mm-hmm. or uh, yeah or y- yes but not yet what he said to saint monica mm-hmm. in 15 years i'll convert your son or no why why no it's mm-hmm. not according to my will yep 2735, in the first place, we ought to be astonished by this fact. When we praise God or give him thanks for his benefits in general, we're not particularly concerned whether or not our prayer is acceptable to him. On the other hand, we demand to see the results of our petitions. What is the image of God that motivates our prayer? An instrument to be used or the father of our Lord Jesus Christ? That's exactly what we said. God is not your... You're a, a, a genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask. Him, I need a gonna, miracle. It's going to happen. No, he's mm-hmm. our father yeah. and he's going to do what's best for our sanctification and our salvation. Absolutely. That's how he operates. That's what the yeah. Bible says. Is it according to his will? And is it going to is it going to make you holier? Period. And we, we have to trust his will and just go with it. Yep. Uh, paragraph 2736, as we continue are we convinced that we do not know how to pray as we ought? Are we asking God for what is good for us? Our Father knows what we need before we ask Him, but He awaits our petition because the dignity of His children lies in their freedom. We must pray then with this His Spirit of freedom to be able to truly know what He wants. That's the key verse. That precision in prayer. Yeah. Right. Precision in prayer and, and also... What does God want? Not what we want. I know what we're praying for, but is it according to the will of God? Is is, is that what He wants? Okay. Right. In the diary of Saint Faustina, that's she. You know, she, you know, God would appear to her and and and, and speak to her, and he, he 
she she tell, goes talk to me what do you you know tell me what what are you what what are what's your concern and she said she goes you know what my concern goes no I want you to tell me that's what may, what pleases me most when you tell me exactly what you want of course I know what you what you want but I want you to tell me so that's what the Lord is telling us precision precision and prayer what do you, he does know what we want but we gotta want it. He wants us to ask him. Yeah. He told St. Faustina that. Yeah. He wants us to ask him. 2737, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. <laughs> <laughs> if we ask with a divided heart, we are adulterers. God cannot answer us for he desires our well-being, our life. Or do you suppose that it is in vain that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit which he has made to dwell in us? Well, already... Quickly, our second set. Yeah, we're talking is about over. the battle of prayer. Good yes, stuff right from the catechism yes. of the Catholic Church. Here comes our Mother Mary. We love you. Ora pro nobis. La bonita morenita. I love you. Pray for us. So tenderly you hold us in your arms. Your beauty and your grace are the bright new dawn. Our Lady of Guadalupe. The Battle of Prayer, Jess Romero and Anita, Jesus 911, Friday's uh, Spiritual Warfare with the Sacrament of Matrimony in Action. Absolutely. We are back. Tobias and Sarah. Good to be with you. That's again. in the book of Tobit, by the way. If you want to read about <laughs> Tobias and Sarah, the way they corporately, uh, their, their prayers drove out a demon from their house. Powerful story. So we're talking about the Battle of Prayer. And in mm-hmm. 2737 of the Catechism, it says sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers because we're asking. God to basically uh, mm-hmm. to satisfy our passions. Sometimes we ask, ask God with a divided heart. We love God and kind of the world. You know, God wants us not to be spiritual adulterers. He wants to be first in our life. The Catechism says our God is jealous for for us. Is that this is the sign of how true His love is? If we enter into the desire of His Spirit, we shall be heard. So we got. If we want our prayers to be heard, God has to be first, the center of our life. It says, do not be troubled if you do not immediately receive from God what you ask him. For he desires to do something even greater for you while you cling to him in prayer. So in other words, if, if your prayer is not being answered, you're becoming holy as a result of this constant prayer to God. It says, God wills that our desire should be exercised in prayer uh, and that we may be able to receive what he is prepared to give. Ah, notice, prayer is not getting what we want. It's getting what he's preparing to give us, what he wants to give us. I know that we could be praying about something that we want, mm-hmm. but God is going to give us what he wants and what we need. Mm-hmm. Let's continue. How is our prayer efficacious? Paragraph 2738 gives us this answer. The revelation of prayer in the economy of salvation teaches us that faith rests on God's action in history. Our filial trust is enkindled by his supreme act, the passion and resurrection of his son. Christian prayer is cooperation with his providence, his plan of love for men. And that's what providence means, his plan plan. of love for men. So you'll always hear us saying that word providence. It means his plan of love for men. 
2739, it says, For St. Paul, this trust is bold, founded on the prayer of the Spirit in us and on the faithful love of the Father who has given us His only Son. Transformation of the praying heart is the first response to our petition. So notice, we may be asking God for something, but the first thing that God does as a result of our constant praying is he transforms our heart. We, yes. In other words, we start falling in love with him even more and more as a result of our prayer. Yep. 2740, the prayer of Jesus makes Christian prayer an efficacious petition. He is its model. He prays in us and with us. Since the heart of the Son seeks only what pleases the Father, how could the prayer of the children of adoption be centered on the gifts rather than the giver? Again, our prayer is only powerful because Jesus lives in us. Okay, right. Not much I can tell you. Yeah. If Christ didn't live in us, our prayer would not be efficacious. But because he's in us through baptism, we're incorporated into the body of Christ. He now lives in us. He dwells in us. Mm-hmm. That's why our prayer is pleasing to the Father, because His Son lives in us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, a lot of people they make a mistake. They pray for gifts, uh, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, instead of just uh, praying to receive the giver of these gifts. Twenty-seven forty-one. Jesus also prays for us in our place and on our behalf. All our petitions were gathered up once for all in his cry on the cross and in his resurrection, heard by the Father. This is why he never ceases to intercede for us with the Father. If our prayer is resolutely united with that of Jesus in trust and boldness as children, we obtain all that we ask in his name. Even more than any particular thing, the Holy Spirit himself who contains all gifts. So what jumps out at me from there is our prayer is must it, it must be resolute it must be uh full of trust and it must be bold bold yeah yep bold okay persevering in love uh paragraph 2742 says pray constantly okay that's what we always saying we're always saying const- constancy always and for everything giving thanks in the name of our lord jesus christ to god the father St. Paul adds, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. For we have not been commanded to work, to keep watch, and to fast constantly, but it has been laid down that we are to pray without ceasing. This tireless fervor can come only from love against our dullness and laziness the battle of prayer is that of humble trusting and persevering love this love opens our hearts to three enlightening and life-giving facts of faith about prayer i just you know saint monica came to my mind persevering in love prayer and persevering in love yeah what jumps out at me from that paragraph is pray without ceasing pray yeah pray without ceasing and the, the second and the last is our prayer has to be humble. It has to be trusting. And we have to persevere. Fight through it. Mm-hmm. Fight through the distractions. Fight mm-hmm. through your laziness. Fight through your mm-hmm. fallen nature. Fight right. through it. That's called perseverance. And just remember, you know, when you're praying and you're praying for others, 
you're also going to get the benefits of the prayer because you're praying for others. It's going to be reciprocal. You're going to be receiving the graces of the prayer also because you're praying. You're thinking of others instead of yourself. And God knows. Yeah, absolutely. God knows what you want. We still got to ask him. But remember, it, you also are getting those graces when you're praying for someone else. That's right. 2743. It is always possible to pray. The time of the Christian is that the, is that of the risen Christ who is with us always, no matter what temp, tempests may arise. Mm-hmm. Our time is in the hands of God. It is possible to offer prayer, fervent prayer, even while walking in public or strolling alone or seated in your shop while buying or selling or even while cooking. Again, that's the yeah, old yeah. Benedictine yeah. adage. Ora, Ora et labora. labora. Pray a, and labor. That's the first uh, uh, Latin words I taught my kids. Ora oh. et labora. Because I repeated it every day. Cause, uh, when, when they were small. Yeah, when they were yeah. young, I had them do some tasks. Okay, you guys can pray and work. Pray and work. <laughs> yeah, ora et labora. Okay. 2744. Prayer is a vital necessity. Proof from the contrary is no less convincing. If we do not allow the Spirit to lead us, we fall back into the slavery of sin. Mm. How can the Holy Spirit be our life if our heart is far from Him? Mm. Nothing is equal to prayer. For what is impossible, it makes possible. What is difficult, easy. For it is impossible, utterly impossible, for the man who prays eagerly and invokes God ceaselessly ever to sin. Those who pray are certainly saved. Those who do not pray are certainly damned. Ooh, Wow, that's from St. Alphonsus Liguori right there. (laughs) That's why prayer is vital and necessity if you want to get to heaven. Yes, if you want to get to heaven. Nobody gets to heaven without praying. Mm -hmm. St. Alphonsus of Liguori, moral theologian. Show you shall live. Uh, as, yeah. as, as you shall live, so, so you, you shall, shall die. die. Yeah. So there you go. If you don't pray, mm, yep, doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. Twenty-seven forty-five. Prayer and, and Christian life are inseparable, for they concern the same love and the same renunciation, proceeding from love, the same filial and loving conformity with the Father's plan of love, the same transforming union in the Holy Spirit who, cons- who conforms us more and more to Christ Jesus. The same love for all men, the love with which Jesus has loved us. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. This I command you to love one another. Mm. So he prays without ceasing. He who, he who, he prays without ceasing who unites prayer to works and good works to prayer. Only in this way can we consider as realizable the principle of praying without ceasing what jumps out at me at that paragraph is what our lord says and uh in, in whatever you ask the father in my name he will give it to you this i command you to love one another again but we have to ask yeah. not for worldly things what are the two most important prayers that we ask god that he'll always answer when you pray for somebody's salvation and somebody's sanctification those are those are those are that's the will of God according yep. to the New Testament, and that's love yeah. because there's people that I don't really ha- are fond of, but I know I have to pray for their conversion, yeah. just because I know that the their their the the direction that their life is going just by their uh, their their outspoken word or their action, 
I can tell that, ooh, that doesn't look good for them. I don't care for them, but I got to pray for them. I have to pray for their conversion. That's right. Because that's love. It really is. The greatest act of love. Yeah, the greatest act. Well, actually, love in the Catholic faith Faith. says to will and desire what's best for another person. Right. So how do you will and desire what's best for another person? You've got to pray for their conversion Mm -hmm. that the grace of God will touch their heart and it'll change. Yep. We're going to move on now into the section called the saints yeah, and the continue. weapon of prayer. Continue. Uh, was this ch- uh, part seven or part yeah, eight? Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> saints and the weapon. We're talking about the theology of prayer now, mm-hmm. really, and as it relates to spiritual warfare, prayer and spiritual warfare. So now we want to look at the saints and the weapon of prayer. And the first saint that we want to profile is Saint Padre Pio. Yeah, Saint Padre Pio said. Some people are so foolish that they think they can go through life without the help of the Blessed Mother. Love the Madonna and pray the rosary, for her rosary is a weapon against the evils of the world today. All graces given by God pass through the Blessed Mother. Notice what St. Padre Pio, he he didn't say the rosary is a weapon. weapon. He didn't use that. Mm -hmm. I think it's the conjunction. Right. He said the rosary is the Weapon. The weapon. Not a weapon. The The weapon. Speaking of the Madonna, here she is. Beautiful Madonna. Ora pro nobis. Ruega por nosotros. The the patroness of the unborn. Sacrament of Matrimony, Spiritual Warfare Friday. This is uh, Jess and Anita, Tobias and Sarah. Yeah, we're right? here again, our last segment. We're giving you Friday wow. Spiritual Warfare as a mar- as a couple. And some of the things that we're talking about here is what the saints tell us about prayer as a weapon. What the mm-hmm. saints tell us about prayer as a weapon. I don't know if you heard that back in December 2014, the Nigerian bishop, Oliver Dash Domi, Head of the Diocese of Maiduguru was in the chapel praying before the Blessed Sacrament when he received a vision of our Lord Jesus Christ, who made clear the Islamic militants plaguing Nigeria would be crushed through the rosary. Bishop Domi recounted that Jesus appeared to him in the chapel, holding a sword, and offered it to him in silence. Humbled and surprised, Bishop Domi accepted the sword as it touched his hands, the sword turned into a rosary at wow. which time, at which our Lord and the rosary disappeared. So Bishop Domi heard our Lord say three times, Boko Haram is gone, Boko Haram is gone, Boko Haram is gone. So the bishop recalls, I didn't need any prophet to give me the explanation. It was clear that with the rosary, we would be able to expel Boko Haram. So if anybody doubts that prayer is a weapon, our Lord Jesus Christ uh, just made it quite clear. Yeah, and I think that's why we need to grab the rosary and pray. More of us need to be praying. How many more? uh, uh, These are swords. Yeah, swords. And how many more uh, of these these, uh, terrorists terrorists that we can squash and, you know, just sin in the world? Uh, Here we go. We'll continue with uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux. 
Uh, he says, however, great may be the temptation. If we know how to use the weapon of prayer, prayer, well, we shall come off as conquerors at last. For prayer is more powerful than all the demons. Hmm. Whoa. Say that again. He goes, for prayer is more powerful than all the demons. He who is attacked by the spirits of darkness needs only to supply himself vigorously to prayer, and he will beat them back with great success. Pretty clear. Prayer. St. Teresa of Avila, she said, they, the demons, have no power except against cowardly souls who surrender their weapons. So what are the weapons? Prayer. Prayer. If you surrender your weapon, if you start praying, St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, says, now you're a cowardly soul and the demons have power over you. But if you use your weapon, these they have no power over you at all because mm-hmm. prayer is the weapon that drives them away. The ammunition. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I could just picture that. Uh, a soldier who just puts down his weapon and it just surrenders and there's the, the demon pointing the, leaf, the, the his lethal, his weapon, lethal yeah. weapon at you. So that's something that, that's, that just came to my mind. When yeah, you can picture that. that very easy. Picture easily. Yeah. So there we go. Wait, what is Faust? Uh, St. Teresa of... Oh, we already did that. Uh, St. Faustina's diary, by prayer, soul arms itself for all kinds of combat. Pretty clear. Yep, pretty clear. All kinds of combat. combat. Here's yep. another doctor of the church, St. Therese of Lisieux. Uh, the little flower says, whenever my enemy provokes me to combat, I try to behave like a, a soldier. soldier. Wow. Again, this is all military language. Yep, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of these are female saints using mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Female saints yeah. that are saying this. Yeah. Yep. What does Pope Leo the Thirteenth the, the say? He says, Christians are born for combat. There we are. Military language. This is, this is a battle. Dr. Scott Hahn in a book, it's called uh, The Lamb's Supper. It's on the Mass. He has a phrase there where he says, liturgical worship is is spiritual warfare. Yeah. Did you catch that? Liturgical worship is spiritual warfare. You know, there's an American slogan that it, but this slogan does not apply to demons. It goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Well, guess what? This is precisely how you hurt demons. It's with the word of God which is where all Catholic prayer comes from. And, and there you go. You have the world saying, you know, words never offend you. But which is not it's true. It's not true. <laughs> it's not true. It hurts, it hurts you more than getting punched in the nose. Absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely. Does, does. Especially when the, the person hurting you is somebody you, that loves you. Yeah. Physically, you can heal. <laughs> yeah, from a punch in the nose. Punch in the nose. All right, then let's talk about the power of spoken words. Yeah, the okay. power of spoken yeah, words. Yeah, and we can look at, so we'll start look off with scripture. scripture. Yeah. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 12, verse 36 to 37. It says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will render an account for every careless word they speak. By your words, you will be acquitted. Not guilty. And by your words, you will be condemned guilty. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that is. That's, Ooh, that says that all. Yeah. Yeah. So you're Ooh. going to be guilty or not guilty based on what comes out of your mouth throughout your life. Yeah. Does uh, poop come out of your mouth most of the time, or do <laughs> or does uh, 
or words that build up and encourage and praise God. You got to ask yourself that question. Right. There's another important verse that talks about the theology of of, of what comes out of your mouth. Yeah, but this is it's powerful. In James, James chapter three, verse five and eight. In the same way, the tongue is a small member and yet has great pretensions. Consider how small a fire can set a huge forest ablaze. The tongue is also a fire. It exists among our members as a world of malice, defiling the whole body and setting the entire course of our lives on fire itself set on fire by Gehenna. Hell. (laughs) For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has has been tamed by the human species, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full full of deadly poison. Wow, that's what your tongue is. If you're spewing um, hate hate and insults and calumny, libel, slander, that's poison. It's deadly yep. poison. And I think we see that in a lot of politicians oh, that gosh. are very deceptive. How about the mainstream media? Yeah. How about the medical director? Yeah, yeah. The world of medicine Medical right world of medicine. It's yeah. lots one, of One lie after another. Lies. Yeah. Just lies. Spewing lies. So, so on a personal level, so keep it, let's bring it down to the micro. Yeah. We have to watch our speak, speech to make sure it's clean. Okay, Mm -hmm. because uh, one thing I've heard from the we've learned from the instructors of Liber Christo is a demon is attracted to one who blesses and curses God with the same tongue. What does that mean? This mean this means that the demons look for inconsistencies in speech and actions. These inconsistencies represent vulnerabilities. This is what our Lord calls Mm -hmm. duplicitous Mm -hmm. in the New Testament. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the theology of prayer. I don't know how far we'll get into it, but let's uh, at least broach the topic, the theology of prayer. Here's something that you have to know, some things about prayer. All All Catholic prayer comes explicitly or implicitly from the Word of God. That's why it's powerful, because demons only fear the Word of God. And all of our prayer comes either directly or implied from the word of God. That's why Catholic prayer is powerful against the diabolical. Just like and a, the our father. Yeah. You know, it's uh, implicitly, it comes from the word of God. You can, oh, there it is. Yeah, that one comes directly from the word of God. Directly. Yeah, directly. Word, directly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What else do we know about the theology of prayer? Yeah. Uh, prayer purifies the intellect and you can, uh, Father Cliff Emmon. Or Madinger. Madinger, he's an exorcist in yeah. Milwaukee. He's one of the one of the real. He's a Thomist. He's like Saint. He's like yep. Father Ripperger. Yeah, it purifies the intellect. And I'll tell you why that happens. Because mm-hmm. think about it, if you're praying, you keep repeating to yourself the doctrines and dogmas of the church, mm-hmm. which come from the Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. And so this is what purifies your intellect from all the garbage you've been taking in all your life. Yeah, you're not but, a fuzzy thinker anymore. Yeah. Your yeah. fuzzy thinking is gone, yeah, and because you're being clarified and and, and yeah, and, and uh, again, and your thoughts are being purified, purified from all the junk that you've taken and, in. Mm-hmm. And and what does Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta say? She says the goal of prayer is to be, to be possessed by Christ. That's powerful. Possessed by Christ. That's what we want to be possessed. Yeah, by who? By Christ. Who said that? Saint, Saint Mother, Mother Teresa, Teresa of Calcutta. Yeah, that's, that's wise. That's she's a yeah. wise woman. 
possessed by Christ. So absolutely, like my wife said, we do want to be possessed. We want to be possessed, but we want to be possessed by Christ. Yeah, and uh, and don't be, you don't want to be possessed by the other guy, no, and that happens very not. easily. Yeah. One mortal sin, yeah, and you're, you're could open up yourself to possession. Yeah. One mortal mm-hmm. sin. Here's what we learned from the Liber Cristo instructors: is that mental prayer gives you custody of the intellect, and prayer projects those thoughts into the cosmos, the heavenly places. That's its offensive nature. Prayer also sets up a defensive perimeter. And prayer makes the power of God present. That term is called anamnesis. It's a Greek word that means more than just remember. It makes the prayer present. Like mm-hmm. the divine mercy. You pray the divine mercy. You're making the blood of Jesus present right now in, around you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, calling, you're, you're doing the, the holy rosary. You're yeah. bringing that mystery. You're making mm-hmm. it present right now mm-hmm. around you. Right. And remember, demons attack the imagination because they don't want you to pray and demons traffic through the senses and and again this is what my wife said very early on is that this is what prayer does it purifies the intellect it purifies it because the demons are trying to distract you your imagination during prayer yeah remember they don't sleep yep so we cannot you know be lax with our prayers yep because we need to we need to be offensive that's right. We got to go on the offense. We have to be on offensive and um, and help those around us because the more prayerful you are and the more prayers you project into the cosmos, you're going to be protecting other people, especially Absolutely. your family, especially the, the domestic home. Yeah, we call that yeah. the intercessory prayer. Absolutely. I think that's a wrap, babe. This is Friday. Uh, wow, it went by so quickly. Yeah. We enjoy being here with you all. You guys are. We wonderful. love. Uh, we love this audience. We love the Friday audience. You guys are terrific. You're terrific. You're a smart audience. And go out and evangelize. Go out and pray. Pray for those uh, you love and those that need prayer. That's right. And remember that as Catholics, don't be afraid. We we serve the Virgin Most Powerful. She's a 12-star general. So pray the rosary every day. Read your Bible every day. Say your St. Michael the Archangel every day. Pray every day. Live in, a, your- live in a state of grace. Mm-hmm. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Yep. <laughs> Calling your garden angel every day. <laughs> yep. And what is that? The rapid of what is St. Padre Pio? What's the admonition he gives he us? He says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and will heal, hear your prayer. We'll oh, see uh, you next time. Next up week. next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics. We are out. 10-7, off-duty, out of service. For now, but never for Jesus and Mary. Always on duty for them. Always.